Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. We gather for ordered worship in the luminous moonlight of the twilight gospel. The liturgy, music, and homily this Lord's Day are offered for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written and emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This Lord's Day, we worship in the spirit of one who wrote, Unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combine, truth and love for all to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice to be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of his marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. As we come to that saving time of confession and contrition and prayer individually, we do so today leaning toward the poem of Henry Vaughan, 1680. Through that pure virgin shrine, that sacred veil drawn o'er thy glorious noon, that men might look and live as glowworms shine and face the moon, Wise Nicodemus saw such light as made him know his God by night. There is in God, some say, a deep but dazzling darkness. As men hear, say it is late and dusky because they see not all clear. Oh, for that night where I and him might live invisible and dim. Let us pray. Gracious and pardoning God, but for thy grace we would not be, but for thy grace we could not love, but for thy grace we should not speak, but by thy grace we live and love and speak. Hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. 
but there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsibly verses from Psalm along with the antiphon. Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask of the Lord that I will seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in the Lord's temple. For the Lord, for the Lord will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. The Lord will consume me now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing in the Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. My heart says, Seek the Lord's face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. Now, please rise as you're able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, 
He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched, Jesus walked by. He exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Please be seated. Wise Nicodemus saw such light as made him know his God by night. Oh, for that night where I in him might live invisible and dim. Faith finds freedom in disappointment. Faith uncovers freedom in the twilight of disappointment. We are a people whose culture languishes in the doldrums of a pervasive disappointment. Let the word go forth that this is broad, perhaps not universal, shared, perhaps not quite by all, relational, social, technological, a cultural malaise and disappointment across division. Left and right, conservative, liberal, donkey, elephant. This lachrymose loss is shared by, not by all, it's not universal. But it is our condition, our time, our twilight moment. Recall the words of ancient writ, Holy Scripture. There is a luminous moonlight at night. Faith finds freedom in disappointment. The heavens are telling the glory of God, sunlight. The firmament proclaims God's handiwork, moonlight. Day-to-day pours forth speech, sunlight. Night-to-night declareth knowledge, moonlight. You could walk with me, properly dressed for the winter, across a moonlit moonscape of snow, Lying upon a corn-stubbled field, the moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. If I say, let only the darkness cover me and the light about me be as night, even the darkness is not dark to thee. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with thee. There is moonlight at night. You need to train your eyes to see a little differently. John is the twilight gospel. You know, there are three lectionary years, the process of reading the texts. There are four gospels. Matthew has his year this year. Luke has his year last year. Mark has his year next year. And John, well, we grew up in a cottage with three children's beds and four children. And one was always out on the porch in the moonlight. And there he is, John, outside. We have him only now and then, here in the middle of January, to help guide us in interpreting Matthew. No easy task. Matthew's been in the freezer for 2,000 years, so when you bring him out to serve him, you you might not want only to let it thaw and serve it raw. It needs to be seasoned, touched, cooked, or there could be less than positive consequences. John is no stranger to darkness. It's a dark gospel. Concludes with Thomas and the disciples in the dark in a room. It begins with the light of the first chapter, Uh, piercing the darkness, 
continues through Nicodemus, who knew his Lord by night, the darkest chapters of rhetoric in the New Testament are 7 and 8 in John, and then that beautiful, glorious, like no other set of verses, chapters 14 to 17, and then the Passion, all dark. John knows twilight, and so do you. We are living in a a twilight moment. From our reading today, the one word to recall is revelation. In John, the gospel is not so much prophecy fulfilled as it is mystery revealed. John knew disappointment. And what was his disappointment? The greatest of sorts of disappointment. John and his community were disappointed by Jesus. To that point in the New Testament, Paul and Mark and Matthew and Luke, hanging on for dear dear life, held to the primitive church's greatest treasure, pearl hidden in a field, a pearl of great price, the soon and very soon return of the Lord. Some standing here will not taste death until they see him. We, the living, shall be caught up together with him. Paul, Mark, Matthew, Luke, But two generations and more later, only John sits down by a river in Babylon, say, and weeps and says, what we once taught is wrong. What we once thought is not right. The Lord is not coming anytime soon. And the gospel is not, the end is near. The gospel is, the Lord is here, not Parousia, but paraclete. Not Armageddon, but the artistry of every day. Not speculation, but spirit. And not the hour is coming. The hour is coming and now is. Right in the marrow of that disappointment, the greatest of theological losses, John's community discovered the gift of freedom. Faith finds freedom in disappointment. That's the given gift of faith in the gospel of John. And so they were able to look around and see what was there. And so the text today says, come and see. And what was revealed? Christ. Present. Love. The freeing, not the freedom of the will, the freeing of the will that Some will hear as the slight distinction between Pelagius and Augustine. The freeing of the will for love and service in the divine presence this and every hour. Did you open all your Christmas gifts? Because there's one, I think, that's still there. It's wrapped nicely. Have you opened it, cherished it? Faith is a gift that allows freedom in the heart the very marrow of disappointment. So the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, we hear that once a month at Eucharist, so we think it's common in the Bible. It's only found here. So the naming of some disciples, so John the Baptist, not here named, just John, but that is the Baptist, who identifies Christ, who is not baptized in John. John is very different. Here Jesus does not stoop to be baptized, but stands say present, say in Ephesus, say in the year 90, say four dozen of various ages, say in a borrowed upper room and candlelight and prayer and communion and a word and then an antiphonal singing. 
I am the vine, I am the vine, I am the door, I am the door, I am the way, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the truth, I am the light. John's community had an experience of the presence of God. That's why we come to church, to receive that gift of faith that frees us, even not later, not before, not above, not below, but right in the teeth of disappointment. Our moment is one of full disappointment, not universal, but shared. For some, it's more outcome. For some, it's more options, speaking of the year gone by. For some, it's more rhetoric. For some, it's more process. But at least this we share, a kind of disappointment. And if we're not careful, that disappointment can curdle into anxiety and depression, anger and fear, asadia and ennui. So we need to hear the gospel together and watch in the moonlight, train your eyes for what we learn and see under the lesser light. Not the greater light to rule the day, but the lesser light to rule the night. And what do you see? You tell me. What do you see in this luminous twilight? There's a lot of light at night, but it's different. We see that we, as a people, tend to see what we expect to see and what we want to see. How are all those pollsters from last year? How is Sam Wang today? We see what we want to see. We see that we have a penchant for and a sweet tooth for entertainment no matter how it's robed or shaped. We see that we learn again that big, unexpected, bad things can happen in real time to collective and individual lives, as as if those who were with us at Exeter and Boylston in April of 2013 needed any reminder. We see that the lingering shadow of Race and sex last long beyond emancipation and suffrage. And so the luminosity yesterday across the country, including here, some of you we saw along the Commonwealth Mall. Wasn't that the point of looking for some light together? We see in the twilight that we have neglected our reading of Reinhold Niebuhr, With all respect to this pulpit, the School of Theology, and the Department of Religion, for the past decade, the rendering of Reinhold Niebuhr has been left to Andrew Basevich in the School of International Relations. And he shouldn't be the only one who has a copy of and has read in the last five years Niebuhr's Irony of of American History. We see, speaking of history, that our vision of history is dim, our knowledge of history is limited, Our grasp of history is weak, and our appreciation for history is lower than it should be, such than the celebration of Monday past, when through the auspices of our Dean of Students, for two and a half hours we heard your story, Marsh Chapel, Boston University, of Martin Luther King, in Big Band and Duke Ellington, in Marsh's own Inner Strength Gospel, choir, in tap dance, and speech, and in a gathering across the community 
to remember who we are and whose we are. This is a must-be moment for us each year. And speaking of which, we see there is a twilight disappointment shared across the board that social location truly matters. It matters where you place yourself for prayer and worship, for song and devotion, for volunteering, for voting. It really matters where you locate yourself in society and time and history. And we see the importance of gathering as well. There's a power in gathering, being together, seeing others of different aspect and orientation, sensing a common purpose. That's largely what coming to church is all about, isn't it? There we have a twilight landscape. You tell me what you have seen now in the moonlight. But it's not just collective. We also individually know about disappointment. Why, in fact, we have our own accounts. Every heart has secret sorrows. We have a sense of disappointment. That job that you knew was meant for you, but it went elsewhere. That relationship at age 19 that you just knew would go on for another 40 years, and it didn't. That business or partnership and marriage in which you placed three decades of life, and then by the river of Babylon, We sat down and wept. Here is the thing about disappointment. According to the gospel, when it is faced squarely, when it is admitted honestly, when it is endured faithfully, not alone, but in community, then, by grace, faith finds freedom right in the heart of disappointment. There's a film, I am told out, that tells the story of a young man whose disappointments gradually, painstakingly, lead to an experience of freedom. And we see it in our own lives. How little, compared to what we should, we honor those who are willing to lose in an election. How much more we need to account for those across the board who are willing to stand and not be honored. Winning isn't always succeeding, and losing isn't always failure. So in your loss and in your disappointment or in another's of low or high or highest office, after a while, in disappointment, You might just dust yourself off and put your chin up and keep your head high and move forward and you can say to others, I did what I could for you. You know who I am. You had your chance. I did what I could for you. You know who I am. You had your chance. And then, who knows, there was, I think, if I remember, back in 1980, there was some president from... Georgia, who had a mixed success in the office and then became the most successful ex-president the country has ever seen, still at it. I remember in 1980, another not from Georgia, but from Tennessee. He'd spent a year in divinity school. Maybe that helped. He won the popular vote but lost the election. And he went on to something bigger and better and greater, an inconvenient truth. 
taking on all of the cosmos. One of the happiest evenings of our decade here at Boston University was a small table set some years ago by Vita Palladino at the Howard Gottlieb Center and a dinner, a supper hour with John L. Lewis, whose own skull had been cracked in the Edmund Pettus Bridge in 1965 and who went on to this day how proud we are of him to live and serve. Faith finds freedom in disappointment. Faith is the freeing of heart and soul for love and service. And you know, in your laws, you may get a letter. It's an imaginary one. It's our sermon. We can imagine the envelope as we want. We'll open it up here. And it says, in your time of disappointment, dear friend, you know, it seems to me that I could be wrong, but what you didn't get, you're not so much denied as spared. You're not so much denied as spared. Faith finds freedom in and through disappointment. So Unamuno was so right. Truly, we do not know when we have succeeded. The heavens are telling the glory of God. That's daylight. The firmament proclaims God's handiwork. That's moonlight. Day to day pours forth speech. Night to night declares knowledge. In the moonlight, there's a luminosity that will teach and tell us something we can't otherwise say. So if you are on a a cold corn stubble, snow blanketed field, maybe you're tired of the north. Let's go south. It's our imagination. We'll go down to Daytona Beach. You can take off your shoes and you can wander in the sand and the light on that white sand is going to light up the sky. To the left, the sun's gone down. No mistaking that. Dark sky, dark horizon, dark, dark ocean over your left shoulder. And on your right, rising up for the purposes of this sermon, it's a clear sky and a full moon shining down upon you. And maybe you're remembering Howard Thurman. If you memorize one of his lines, let this be it. He wrote, walking the beach in the moonlight. The ocean and the night surrounded my little life with a reassurance that could not be affronted by any human behavior. The ocean at night gave me a sense of timelessness, of existing beyond the ebb and flow of circumstance. Death would be a small thing, I felt, in the sweep of that natural embrace. Hear the good news. Faith finds freedom in disappointment. Faith discovers the freeing of the will in twilight. Wise Nicodemus, who saw such light that made him know his God by night, oh, for that night where I in him might live invisible and dim. Amen.
as we are called to prayer through the singing of Lead Me, Lord. We invite you to pray in the manner in which you can best support the prayers of this community. Stand or kneel at the altar rail, raise your hands in your place, respond in your first language, however the Spirit moves you this morning. I will set the intention, and then I will say, in your grace, if you would please respond, hear our prayer. Beloved, in peace, let us pray to God. For ourselves, as individuals, and for the communities of which we are a part, for our particular ministries in the world, for our ministry in and through Marsh Chapel and the Office of Religious Life, for the work of all the Church. In your grace, hear our prayer for the peace of the world, for a spirit of respect and forbearance among nations and peoples. In your grace, hear our prayer. With and for our cousins and neighbors in faith traditions not our own, and with and for all people of goodwill, for the works of blessing, courage, and peace in and through us all, for the life of the world. In your grace, hear our prayer. For those in positions of public trust, especially for our President Donald and his administration, for our Governor Charles and his administration, and for our Mayor Martin and his administration, for their service to justice, and their promotion of the dignity and freedom of all people. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the work of our hearts, minds, and hands, and for the right use of the riches of creation. In your grace, hear our prayer. <clears throat> for the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and all who suffer, for slaves, refugees, prisoners, and all who are in danger, for their relief and protection. In your grace, 
hear our prayer. For this community, those present and those absent, for our deliverance from hardness of heart and for our showing forth your glory in all that we do. In your grace, hear our prayer. For those who disagree with us and those who wish us harm, and for all those who we ourselves have injured or offended, in your grace, hear our prayer. For ourselves and for the grace and power of the Holy Spirit to help us amend our lives and to choose the good, in your grace, hear our prayer. For all who have asked for our prayers and those for whom you inspire us to pray, families, friends, colleagues, and neighbors, for their freedom from anxiety and their living in peace and health, in your grace, hear our prayer. For all who have died, for your will fulfilled in them, and for their family and friends. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the joys and celebrations of our human life with thanksgiving. In your grace, hear our prayer. And in the communion of the Holy Spirit and of all the saints, we commend ourselves and one another to the living God through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us when we pray to be bold in trust and say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
peace of the Lord be always with you. We welcome you once again to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. For the past several weeks, we've been saying that Marsh Chapel activities are suspended during the intercession and break and that would resume once classes begin. Well, classes began on Thursday, and we're off and running here at Marsh Chapel. You may wish to join us following the service uh, to join the Thurman Choir downstairs in the Robinson Chapel or Abolitionist Chapel today in the Thurman Room. Tomorrow at 12.15 is Monday Meditation, or at 6 p.m. join us in the Marsh Room for Community Dinner. Or come on Tuesdays for Create Space at 3 or Global Dinner Club at 6. Wednesdays, you may wish to join us for evening prayer at 5.15 or United Methodist Fellowship at 5.30. Thursdays, you may gather in silence here in the chapel, gather for common ground out on the plaza, gather for yoga at 5 in the evening, or, for, or come in audition for the choir at 6. Or you may get in touch with your artistic side on Friday at 7 o'clock in the evening for painting in the spirit. Please see Jessica Chica, our chaplain for international students following the service if you're interested in that. If nothing else, we look forward to seeing you again here next Sunday at 11 o'clock for our interdenominational service. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate on Morton Lardson's setting of the hymn at Lauds on the Feast of the Transfiguration, O Nata Lukes. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
give thee but thine own, whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes God's hand to you, the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs>